0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Off The Script podcast, this time with a guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah,
1: um, so I'm Himson and um, I guess online coach, um, competitive bodybuilder and also um, competitive powerlifter actually. Yeah, probably better powerlifter than I am bodybuilder, but um, that was a long time ago.
0: Yeah, that's the thing, right? Like, um, one thing that I've noticed in terms of having watched you over the past year is that that translates very much into a lot of your training.
1: Like, yeah, your for sure.
0: Beyond on certain movements, it's just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of a bit bonkers. Like, I remember seeing you, I think, like a year ago, and it was a set of you doing like hack squat or something. Mm. That was the first sort of time I, like, clocked you on social media, and I was like, huh, that guy's got absolutely huge legs. And these like actually very strong. Um, yeah, I mean ha-
1: hacks. I never like machine stuff. I never really used to do that often. Like I was always a big like squatter. I was always um, doing squats, deadlifts, obviously for powerlifting. And um, it was only later I was like started doing hacks a little bit more. Um, and I. My legs have really um, actually grown a lot more since um, moving into hacks. I feel like I've lost a little bit of glute from not squatting, but. Um,
0: yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: You know, I, I uh,
0: as well, actually. Uh, I've been rinsing hacks for the past probably a year. Um, and because uh, I, I was using the old Cybex hack, like version one Cybex hack at my old gym. And now this. That was
1: in uh, Birmingham, right? Well, what's yeah. that? Uh, ultimate fitness
0: yeah ultimate fitness they have the the old school cybex which is hands down probably my favorite machine for legs i've ever used uh mm. but ultraflex where i've just moved they've also got a v2 hack um by cybex and that is very similar just a bit more brutal on do you the- find it heavier i find it heavier man
1: same yeah. i find it that i don't know what it is it's not like heavier by that much but just a tiny bit. I don't know whether it's I think it not might. smooth. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Because it. I, I 100% think the new one that like I'm using now is a lot smoother because it's just brand new. It's a brand new piece of kit pretty much. Yeah. Um, but I maybe it's the angle of like the foot plate, like the angle of the feet, or uh, maybe it's like maybe five degrees, like more steep. than. than yeah. But, oh, my God. I, I use that. I think, the first, yeah, my first session, like just over a month ago, on legs uh, Ultraflex, which was just after they got it, I used that. I was like, "Holy shit!" I'm not moving anywhere near the way I was moving before. Uh, so I've, I've like since tripped it back, and I'm working my way back up at the minute. So yeah, yeah.
1: I like, I like it. I think the only graph, like anything I have with it, is um, I wish their handles were kind of like the pre-core ones, you know, where they kind of come down here. Yeah, um, it was- it's just a little bit short, and I'm like. Ah. I,
0: I don't know if you've noticed, but in some videos of me hacking or doing hack, whenever the weight whenever it gets to the latter half of the set and it gets a bit like difficult, you know, a bit dicey in terms of set and form starts to break down a bit. I my hands just come off the handles first. that's the first thing that happens. Mm. I think it's entirely down to being up there that position is just anatomically just doesn't feel good for me like yeah. a, a wide person, I'm not exactly the most flexible in the upper body either, yeah. uh, especially like through like my my like tricep and stuff like that. So I always feel a need to have something like that, like more forward so I can relate.
1: Yeah, I think it's uh, more to do with just um, the ability to uh, stabilize your upper back as well. Mm-hmm. So pulling your shoulder blades together and whatnot and just being in this position is more like, it's more comfortable for you to engage your lats, right? Um, but yeah, I don't know if you saw c do, uh, he did, I think he did oh, eight plates or God. something, right? Yesterday or something.
0: Yeah.
1: And that so, is strong.
0: He, he has always been like a very strong guy. And like somewhat, I've always looked to him weirdly as like a strength goal, like aspirationally. Like I remember like for the past year or two, seeing him deadlift, seeing him, what, mm. seeing him do a lot of these basic like movements and sort of bizarrely being like, actually, that's a great role model for that sort of stuff, as opposed to, I don't know, a Larry Wheels character who's insanely strong as well. You know, mm-hmm. um, so it it always intrigues me when I see someone with such a quote unquote pretty physique moving like poundage, like heavy, heavy loads like that. So yeah, been is- hang
1: around with Ian Valier too much, man.
0: That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Maybe he will be benching five plates as well. Yeah,
1: yeah. He's got a phenomenal physique, though. I always think like those bigger guys are just built for deadlifts, man. Like they,
0: yeah. I um, oh, have I lost you? You might have dropped out. We'll wait a second, folks, until him son is back on. We're frozen on his face right now. He's got a great smile. Um, but yeah, no. For for the viewers at home, I I think having uh... Oh my back. We're back. We're back. Yeah. We dropped out for a second. I
1: could oh. see and hear you, you know.
0: Oh because <laughs> uh, uh, I'm hosting. Um yeah, I, I I always find it interesting just seeing that. Um as like someone myself who is a taller guy with a bigger frame. Like I'm six foot one, mm. quite tall guy. And um, of course, structurally, I'm nowhere near someone like Chris or probably even Ian. Um but Are you really six foot one. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. Oh, I'm, I'm so like,
1: sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I might have shrunk half an inch to be fair in the past year or so. Uh yeah. I, I am. Yeah, last time I measured, I was like 185, 186. Perhaps. I think
1: you know when you stand next to someone because obviously I saw you like a couple weeks ago,
0: yeah.
1: I don't know if it's just like your eye level or whatever. I didn't feel like you were that much taller than me, but if you when you say it in the metrics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like half your height.
0: <laughs> That's the same, though. Like, um, I always think this when I see pictures of people on Instagram, right? I always have it in my head that they're, I think, I don't know why, like, Instagram sets the expectation of everyone basically being the same height. Yes. Definitely. <laughs> so I always think of people being my height and being at eye level, which is because then I go to a show or something, I'm like, oh, what the fuck? They're like half a foot taller than me or half a foot shorter than me. So, yeah, I can get that. It's a bit of a mind fuck. Um yeah I think Chris is like 62 something um, like that so he's a little bit taller than me but yeah I always look at those people as being pretty inspirational in terms of strength because of course I can actually relate to having to like move that for that lockout distance and stuff like that um uh, especially on deadlifts and stuff like that
1: how tall is kefi I think he's about AJ's he's, height right
0: <laughs> yeah he, he's not he's not too tall uh, yeah but he has the added. He looks tall, though. He looks quite tall, but he he also looks like he's as wide as he is tall. Yeah. Um, such a fucking unit. He's
1: an animal, man. If you're talking strength.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We had him. Ah, god, it's been ages since we did the one we we did a podcast with Kifi. Uh But Chris was like, yeah, he he's a character. He's interesting to talk to. Yeah. Definitely, I would say he's absolutely like built like mechanically. He's built for deadlifting a lot of these power movements uh but having like <laughs> choked about him with it bef- like about it before he does not want to do powerlifting
1: no That's
0: never been his interest yeah oh we'll man about, maybe you should do a powerlifting show in your off season bro and he was like no no is so. her own right
1: yeah for sure he would definitely do really well though
0: yeah oh absolutely absolutely yeah. i mean who how many people are what 23 He's 23, i think still 23 yeah, how many people his age are moving that kind of weight? No one. And nah. anyone who's lifting that kind of weight for at least one of the lifts, they're not lifting it for the rest of the lifts. Like
1: he does it for like two. Like I think when I was twenty three, actually, no. know, yeah, I think I pulled about I pulled three hundred when I was twenty
0: three.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, he's doing like three twenty for like reps. But then I'm a little bit lighter, so when I was in, so uh, yeah,
0: that good also is that
1: my my excuse
0: yeah another thing that i noticed as well with him is that and i think this is a really interesting thing and at some point in time if i have the time or like ever feel like i can i would like to experiment with this um as a as a snc coach i'd like to experiment with the idea of rebounding repeatedly over the course of like a year and a half like he he has like rinsed shows for the past few years, pretty much competed the year before competed this past year. And now he's going into what appears to be more of a long off season, Mm. but he's sort of, in my eyes sort of mastered that rebound and taking full advantage of it. Like just eating loads and loads of food, um, taking advantage of how like insulin sensitive he is and the rest of it. And it, I think that translates very much into his lifting ability. Like I know post-show for me, at least, like I've only prepped once, um, like being show lean once, but even when I was like, God, 16, when I first like dropped weight and then started to eat more, I, I felt like I could lift the world a bit, you know? So I, I think um, that's an interesting sort of thing maybe to explore. As a- I think,
1: yeah, I think a lot of people can do it. Like a lot of natural bodybuilders tend not to, I think people definitely can gain a lot from it, but Mm. I think really what's holding most people back is more the mindset of being able to do it. So like um, how much diet fatigue that you hold throughout the season. Um, That's definitely like one thing for me Um, from 2019, why I didn't prep, like I probably could have, like built muscle still and progressed in the look from 2019 if I competed to 220 but yeah. nah man like I think mentally I wouldn't have been able to to, to cope you know
0: yeah for sure I I think um, the reason I say that was because I know and like if you ever ask AJ or someone they'll they'll tell you this as well like with me uh, pretty much immediately post show post my last show I, I was say I was to AJ, I was like, I want to compete next year. I want to compete next year. I want to compete next year.
1: And he, 100%.
0: And he was like, no, don't. <laughs> Wait. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I think part of that is like you talk about the the whole mindset behind it. Like I had it in my head already. I was like, let's get to work. Let's get to work. Let's get to work. Um, my body didn't really want to respond for the first like two weeks post-show, of course, making mm-hmm. sense. your body's all over the place in terms of like, stress response and everything else and like the massive influx of food but um yeah I, I still had that mindset going into the offseason and I think that that's why I progressed very quickly for that initial part um but I, I do agree I think it's very much a mentality thing and I think Keefe would tell you that as well he's very much an advocate of like having his head in like a certain headspace to do things hence why he, you're yeah. the exact same music for top sets and stuff like yeah. that
1: He's definitely there. Like he can, he's got that. Like whether it's a genetic thing or, or something he's worked on, he's definitely able to to do these shows like year on year and have absolutely no problem with adhering to the yeah. diet. But you know, I think not everyone has that ability to to do that right, and that is definitely something that can hold people back from competing year upon year, right? Yeah. Uh, oh, well, I- more so than anything else, if if all if honesty.
0: Yeah, and I think as well. Um, because I think it might be a location thing, because Kiefer is like out in the sticks, right? Yeah. Like up in the Highlands somewhere, just throwing weight around. Uh, yeah. So I imagine it's partly like where he was, like where he's been brought up and stuff like that, like.
1: Yeah, even if he wanted to cheat and binge on his diet, he could. <laughs> he'd, have to, he'd have to walk or drive for like an hour just to exactly. get exactly. like to a supermarket.
0: He'd have to put him <laughs> serious steps to go anywhere to do what he wanted to do, even if yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Um, yeah, let's get background to you though. So um obviously you, you've been through a fa- a lot of phases in terms yeah. of like your fitness journey and like why don't you tell me where you started? Uh,
1: like what's your story yeah so i guess from where i started um very similar to to most people i guess um you uh, i think it started for me when we first started buying clothes right so um when JD, i don't know if it um this is before your time but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but jd sports when they were doing like i think two for ten pound kind of t-shirts okay, and, yeah. You're, yeah. and you're buying them and you're like oh my god is this how i look like i'm wearing like a small t-shirt which looks like a large oversized t-shirt as people would wear now but it wasn't in fashion then right mm. and that's what really triggered me the most to 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 make that change i was like fuck i look i look shit in these t-shirts you know <laughs> i want to get a bit bigger and um yeah it all kind of stemmed from there and i started training um and that took me to about you know i was Probably training in like a, I would say like a miniature hardcore gym that was very local to me and um, Blitz Gym okay. to shout out to them, but they're now shut down. Um, but yeah, I was there and I think from from there I had, um, I was at uni at the time as well, 19 and we had a, uh, a work placement kind of module that we had to do and I chose to do it at this gym called Genesis Gym, which is a powerlifting gym. And that's kind of where everything kind of exploded from. Um, at the time, um, you know, there was a, a big group of British powerlifters that were um, prepping for the the finals that year. And uh, I don't know if you, you've heard of Phil Lerny, right?
0: I have. I have them, yeah. yeah.
1: So Phil was, um, and there was a large group and they were all training at um, Genesis. So this was Phil when before you know him doing all the business stuff that he does now he was doing powerlifting he was still working at third space that's when i met him and he actually funny enough got me into um the whole um pt and you know fitness industry industry thing like that's how i knew what i wanted to do um like he was speaking to a few people in the gym about nutrition about training um and i was what i was there at the time working doing the um uh, the work placement and that's kind of where um you know i developed that and i said oh, this is something that i want to do for the future and um but yeah going back to uh, the training aspect so they were all uh, prepping for uh the finals and the owner uh, is the organizer so imagine uh like lee kemp right he he owns let's say genesis he owns the gym and he organizes the the bodybuilding comps um and dave was that guy that did that and I asked him. I said, "So, how do you get involved in uh, this whole powerlifting business? Um, I'd love to to try it." Yeah. And he he said, um, "You know, what do you lift?" And I said, well, "I have have no idea." And uh, he was, "Okay, cool. Let's uh, let's try you out and see what you can lift." And we went into the gym, and um, you know, the next day, and he was like, "Okay, we're, we're squatting. Let's um, let's try you out and see." And I think I squatted about one forty. Um the first time I was like maybe 69 kilos. <laughs> and I squatted 140 and he said, Okay, um stick this on and he gave me a belt, right? Some random belt. i yeah. like and I squatted I think 160. And he said, Okay, stick these knee wraps on. And I squatted, I think, 190 in the gym on yeah. that day. And that was like I never used to train legs, wow. you know. That was from then I was like, Oh, I play football, I don't I don't need to train legs, <laughs> and I squatted 190 in the gym. And then they were doing openers, you know, practicing openers at the time. And another guy was in the same class as me. And he was like, uh, oh, so, you know, he's um, just, I, I didn't know what to lift, right? So I said, what, what should I lift? And he said, just do whatever he's doing. And literally, I just deadlifted exactly what he did. And, you know, after that week, he was like, okay, you're in, right? So that means like he gave me like a, a buy for the finals, and I come like the next week after that was like a deload week for them and the following week was the finals so within 2 weeks of trialing me i went straight into the finals and i won my class and i pulled a british record uh deadlift and that was like, i think 231 at the time i did um under under 75 kilos yeah i think it was Easy. teen. it was a teen class yeah
0: use me weighing like maybe like, uh, well, when was when did I do my best? Like, I did a single once in the past, like two years, um, when I was at uni, and the best I got was 240, and that's after yeah. years of training. So, the fact that you walk in and just do that is ridiculous. <laughs>
1: yeah, I didn't really even deadlift prior to that, like, I had zero technique, um, pulling like rounded back, whatever, and um, yeah. I don't know, man. Sometimes some things are just, you know, meant to be. Um, and, you know, if I wasn't there at the right time, I think, um, yeah, none of that would have happened and probably wouldn't even be doing what I'm doing now to this day, right? Yeah.
0: So how did, how do you go from basically being like a prodigy, effectively, in powerlifting to then, I imagine you, you did a few more meets and stuff for powerlifting, yes? And then- yeah,
1: I, I continued on for about five years doing powerlifting and literally every British final after that, every year I won it and, um, I won the overall as well. I went to worlds, um, that year and I won the overall there. Um, I pretty much won the overall for the, the teens up to juniors all the way every single year. Um, and I think I kind of just kind of got a bit bored of it if, if I'm all honesty. Um, you kind of you, you chase the the trophies, you chase the the um the winning side of things, and then over time you you kind of lose touch, right? And because I would say it becomes too easy, but you you, you, you got you no lose.
0: challenge and no real competition.
1: Yeah, I think even towards myself, like I had my last competition, which was in two thousand and fifteen. I came back to basically compete against one guy who was um, I left to Singapore at that time. And I was working there abroad, so I didn't compete um, in powerlifting in the UK. And there was one guy who was just winning, you know, at that time. And I I was like, okay, so he's winning. I'm going to come back and basically beat him. (laughs) And I flew back and uh, I did that comp and I beat him. And then from that point, it was just literally, I've kind of done everything that I wanted to do in the sport. Um, I've won, you know, six, seven British titles. I won the overall at Worlds, um, won the overall pretty much every year in powerlifting after that. Um, at one point, I was probably the, the strongest under-75 junior uh, for the deadlift. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I think I, I pretty much got everything that I wanted out of the sport. Mm. And um, not to say that I wouldn't go back, um, but it's definitely not on my priorities uh, at this moment in time.
0: I was going to say yeah. this, so. How do you go from being a world-class powerlifter for your weight and, and, and having world records, stuff like that, effectively, to going into bodybuilding? How, how do you even get to that point? Because, like, I, I know they get kind of lumped together. Yeah. It's like sports, but they are very different. So how, how did you end up on stage? What happened?
1: I because I lost um, the love for powerlifting right at that time and when you go through that post meet kind of thing it's kind of like post show right you kind of lose direction you lose you have the blues right from it and you don't really know what you want to do and then when you know that you like pretty much retired basically from the sport it's a bit like what do I now focus on like how do I actually train you know I've been it's always been you know trying to lift more, trying to squat, deadlift more. And you you don't really know what you want to do, right? So then at that time I obviously I, I met uh JP or Jordan Peters and Corin when they were doing powerlifting at the time, or when Corin was, I think that was 2010 when I met them. Um so yeah, before JP is the animal that he is now. And um they I contacted him um after in after my last show in powerlifting, and uh, he he ran through the the training side of things with me, and one of my um, my good friends who's now passed away, uh, Mike Porter, he actually took me through a, a photo shoot prep, um, pretty much that year after um, I finished powerlifting. Um, I'd never done any kind of dieting for like physique purposes. It was always uh, more for like weight cuts and you know making weight for powerlifting, and you know because I was um, PTing at the time doing a lot of like body transformations I thought you know I, I should really you know yeah. go about it and, and give it a go myself so I went for a photo shoot and I think from that moment that's pretty much when I, I was like I fell in love with um, you know the physique side of things and I thought okay well you know I went to watch a few shows um, and I was like, I can, I can do this, you know, and that's kind of where it all started from there. Yeah.
0: So, um, what, what was your first show in them? UKDFBA. The um,
1: I actually did um some some shows in Singapore actually in okay. 2017. So that was my first competitive season. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually did that with Jordan. Um, mm-hmm. and I think. I I enjoyed it for sure but you know I just did some random federations and they were all like um, non-drug tested or muscle mania where you know they're supposed to drug test you but they absolutely don't and um, didn't even place to be fair in my first year of competing I got in some decent shape but uh, it was definitely um, a a large learning process you know um, during that and UK UKDFBA in 2019, that was my second competitive season. Yeah. yeah, that I did.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to think, which shows did you do in 2019 then? because
1: I did the USN Classic. Okay. Um, I did the Heart of England and the finals,
0: yeah. That's confusing as fuck to me then. Why is that? I would have been at the same show then, I because I did the Heart of England. Mm. I don't I have no recollection of seeing you there. i just fucking been brain dead and missed you entirely, but you, we, you, were, there, you were there. So that's cool.
1: But it was so quick, right? Those shows, I think in and out, like by like one o'clock. Yeah. It, it was, was so good. So it, efficient.
0: It was very efficient, especially for the men's. I feel like, um, we got like juniors. Juniors was stacked to that show. Like there was a stupid amount of juniors. There was like 15 plus juniors or something on the list. Um, and we did like multiple call outs for that. And that was, that was busy. Um, but yeah, I was out and in Nando's by 2 p.m. Yeah. So yeah, it worked out well for yeah. me. But I I was,
1: it's easy to miss people though, like when you're in the shows, because you kind of only really know who's in your class yeah. and or who's kind of around the warm up area. It's very quick to, to kind of I go through.
0: Who was the top five? <laughs> yeah. Like I, in my head, I was like, okay, I've competed against these two before, I kind of know who to watch out for but aside from that like yeah it's just yeah I, man that was a good show though i very much enjoyed that show yeah. it was quick as well like that was my first experience with uh, getting a spray tan done as well with a one time by nicola gilbert so i went there in the afternoon the day before the day before was fucking hot as well yeah really warm so i remember going there and having it done and like at some point sweating while I was having it done and having to like towel, like dab very lightly. And then they would finish the spray and man, what a mess that was. And then get touch ups on the morning. Actually, one thing that I've never said actually, I think on the podcast was at uh, that show, I made the f- the mistake for the first time of not lining the toilet bowl with toilet paper when you got stage tan on. Yeah. So I had to have touch ups and I left a toilet seat in at the heart of England vent with like. That oh, was you. Yeah, with a brown ring on it. Yeah. Oh man. Um, yeah.
1: Don't tell Lee that.
0: Oh, I'm not saying it. Yeah. <laughs> at the time, I was like, "Oh fuck." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no. I, I I enjoyed that show. That's cool then. So we we. What, what other shows did you do then? Sorry. I, to... I, I only did the. Other than that, I only did the BMBF Midlands.
1: Did you like? Um, did you like it?
0: I really enjoyed BMBF. I it will have a special place in my heart mainly because it was the first show I did. It wasn't ran the best. There were some delays and stuff, which is fine. It was more so the backstage um,
1: elite, right? Like that. This year was the first time I did it, and I was blown away by how phenomenal the backstage and the the whole show was run. In all honesty, yeah. Uh, it's crazy! They had them. Um, they had sweets backstage for you to pump up. They had dumbbells. They had bands. It was organized. Um, they had people um uh, glazing you. Yeah. The only thing that they're missing is the the tanning aspect of things. Yeah. Um, but other than that, pff,
0: it was. Man, cool. I was
1: I was blown away by I how knew, fantastic it was.
0: I was without a doubt looking back in it, having been to a ton of shows since then. I I was blessed to have that as my first show and having the people who were there as well. like AJ was there, of course, um, but I also had Jack there. That's where me and Jack met each other properly, having spoke for a good part of our preps. Um, who else was there? Um, Jack? Uh, was Dan there? Uh, Crumpton, yeah, yeah. He was there. He was there at my second show as well. Um, yeah. uh, congrats to him on his kid, by the way. Yeah. Um, uh, i'm so happy for the two of them uh, jack bennett if you know jack bennett i think so um he he looks phenomenal by the way if you haven't seen him like he's he's a great great he, coach. he was coached by aj as well right he was not was he? was he not i don't know who he was coached by he might have even coached himself because i know he, he's a coach but he, he looked phen- phenomenal then uh also i think who else was there Oh, the the winner of the Juniors at Heart of England, uh, Matt Berry was there as well. Yeah, so we we did t- we did the whole of that season together, pretty much. Or like the, the whole of my first season was with him, um, and there was a few other people. But we because there was delays in the show, there was an extra like half hour to an hour backstage where just the Juniors were just in a room together, just being dicks, just doing dumb shit, doing curls, making Arnold impressions, just. Full uh, night like making pumping iron quotes just being dicks. Um, just annoying the. the that's
1: awesome.
0: Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun, man. Um, but that that was my first season, so I, I, I think I was actually kind of blessed with the the shows that I did on the season that I did it. Obviously, since then, yeah. had the past two years, which have been like all over the place, and very difficult to like get around and. Um, uh, but I do think having seen the shows more recently like the feds have done a good job at like pulling everything together and making things work still which is yeah that. it's pretty nuts right yeah so um, what other shows have you got this season?
1: what else you oh got? man so uh, it's, it's kind of up and down man like we've got um, um, potentially the, the UK DFBA um, on the 5th which is I think the Southern show yes um, so that's probably my next comp um depends if i qualify there so if i qualify there then i'll probably skip part of england um, but if i don't then you know i've got kind of like a plan b i guess uh, so hopefully i don't need to use that um, and then uh if i qualify then obviously going on to the uk DFBA finals um, and the thing is right now i don't know if you've seen the news with the the wmbf right and the bmbf because they're both their shows are on exactly the same day
0: oh Uh, yes you've not seen it okay i've not seen that (laughs) so
1: yeah basically i've paid for the wmbf like ages ago right um and then the bmbf is like on the same day the final so i'm like what what do i do the do i do the you know the pre-judging in the morning at in leicester and then go down to you know leatherhead in the evening to do the finals of the (laughs) (laughs) bmbf
0: commentary on that have they figured that out at all like
1: i don't know man i don't think um i don't think there's going to be any budge yeah. who,
0: who, who looked at that and went yeah
1: that'll do yeah let's do that I don't know. I th- <laughs> yeah i don't know um it is what it is right hopefully um there comes to be some sort of agreement and somebody shifts so that then all the athletes can actually get to do one or the other uh, or both sorry otherwise yeah it becomes one or the other right and then you have to choose and i guess it's kind of annoying because it puts all of us as athletes in um in a dilemma right because mm. then you're like well I, I i would compete in all these shows but you know you you don't really get an option mm. to to do that i think the bmbf is great because it's just bodybuilding right and i love that side of it um but there's also like um there'll be people I think the WNBF, you don't need to qualify. So it's just like qualifying the finals in the same kind of day. Um, so there's going to be, I think a lot of people who don't either don't qualify for the BMBF finals. that will be at UK uh, at the WMBF finals. Um, so it's like, it's a shame. Hopefully something, you know, gets resolved and um, everyone can compete, you know, and do multiple shows. Right. Um, I think, it ultimately, is these these shows are for us, right? They're yeah. for the athletes. Why, why would, um,
0: uh, especially like WMBF and BMBF, they're very similar in terms of like the body of like mm. who runs them, how they run, all that sort of stuff. They are connected at the end of the day. So um, you would have thought they would come to some sort of agreement <laughs> to make that easier. Yeah. At the end of the day, also as well, they're losing money off the back of doing something like that, I think. Yeah. Um, like there's a massive conflict of interest there so yeah.
1: yeah i don't i don't know um there's obviously some behind the scenes beef right but you know it is what it is and um yeah hopefully something gets resolved so that then you know the athletes can actually do what they want to do um and ultimately a lot of um a lot of it is is supposed to be built for athletes right mm-hmm. every, every fed always says that they say oh well, yeah these uh these competitions are built for the athlete, you know, by athletes. Yeah. And um, I think if it really is the case, then there needs to be some sort of agreement that's come about. And I think everyone should get a chance to be able to compete in whatever Fed that they want and shouldn't have to be put in any dilemma or any kind of choice. Right.
0: That, that being said, what would you end up picking? Or do you know yet?
1: Um, I think. In all honesty, probably leaning a little bit more towards um, the BNBF.
0: Okay.
1: Um, just simply, I don't know if you can hear the ice cream van.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, I can.
1: <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, probably the BMBF, just because I've had um a really good experience with them, um, and it's bodybuilding only. Not yeah. that I like hate physique, but um, it definitely extends the length of the show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the finals is also at the same place that we were at last week uh, or two weeks ago. So it's really close to my house as well.
0: (laughs) That's so practical for you. I saw, um, where's the WMBF going to be then? I I think it's Birmingham. It's Birmingham. I was going to say, I've always been intrigued to maybe do that at some point in time, just what it's about. And see how they run things. Um,
1: it's new, right? So no one knows.
0: Yeah, it sort of comes across as like they put WMBF put themselves forward as being like the, the premier sort of league body, right? Yeah, yeah, for, for for Natties. That's sort of what they come across as. So I re, I'm really intrigued to see what they're like and what they're actually about. But
1: I think um, I think ultimately. Any any fed in the in the UK is is where is at in terms of natural bodybuilding.
0: Good feds, man.
1: Man, our our amateur scene is ridiculous. Like it's actually scary. There's gonna be people that miss out this year that will, or don't place or whatever or you know come third and you're like you look at them you're like these guys if they went to America they'd be pro standard.
0: Oh, absolutely. You know? Absolutely.
1: And you know it just shows that like, in 2019 I think um i went to the wnbf um worlds in new york and i think gerard he got his pro card and he won the overall in the amateurs i think he placed second or third um in the finals
0: jesus sweats man
1: he won the overall in worlds right and he placed like i think second
0: that was very very similar for um jack richardson he he did teens Yeah, and he went and competed I might have been in New York I don't know which year it was but he went and competed he placed like third or second or something as a team there like that that's the quality of British bodybuilding right now which is really cool Yeah, uh, I like having the stakes being that high as well because it, it kind of it definitely elevates everyone like I know 100%. like myself this past two years I like even from, like, when I competed in 2019, the standard was pretty good. Like, the compete people who competed in the time were very impressive. You had Keefe around. Uh, you had... Um, um, who was the junior winner? Pow. Um, yeah, Adam. Yeah, he looks sick. Um, you had, like, a bunch of these, like, Natty Jr. guys who are under 23 come out of the woodwork who arguably if they went into just the normal, like the regular lineup or whatever, they'd probably end up winning some of those lineups. As well. <laughs> like
1: it's crazy, man.
0: The age categories above. So yeah, it's um, crazy, crazy. That
1: junior guy at the show, um, at the bnBf show, the Southern, who won the best wheels. My God, he's a freak, dude. Yeah. He, he is an animal. I don't know what his name is. Well, so apologies if he's watching.
0: I think he's, he, he's, called. is it Rawa? I think that's his Insta. Uh, yeah.
1: His posing was shocking, but I mean, he, <laughs> he was, he was fucking, he had a lot of muscle, man.
0: Yeah. Very good physique. It wasn't even just the leg trick. His arms, delts, like pet, like him in the side chest was just
1: yeah. nuts. I'm standing next to him. I'm like, you're a junior? <laughs> like how? Yeah. you um, know.
0: That's what I want. I This is something that like, this year has got me so excited for next year. So excited to compete again. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and like, I was two in two minds the other week. I was like, I want to start like just pulling off some weight now. Um, like that's how sort of excited I'm getting to compete. And uh, I had AJ say to me, was like now, nah, wait, br- wait. <laughs> like you don't <know, laughs> like two three months of your off season at least. Like <laughs>
1: you must go through that headache all the time. Everyone's like, I just want to die, man. I want to do the shows, and then he's like, no."
0: <laughs> to be fair, it's taken me like two years to get to this point now, where I'm like peak off season, like peak peak off season. I'm 110 kilos, heaviest I've been in my entire life. Like, it, it it's taken me to this point now after five years of training to get above the weight I was at when I was a fat fuck at 15. Years. So, and now I actually feel heavy, like I actually yeah. feel really heavy. So, um, I'm I'm ready to diet. I'm ready to. I'm ready to step on stage, man. This that's a
1: good place to be.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I
1: think that's when you get the best preps. Is when you're like, I'm. I'm ready to diet. Yeah. I think this year for me, like when I started diet, I was like, I'm ready, but you know, I could do another year off season. Yeah. You know? okay. Um. Yeah. I, I, think I was kind of like
0: I had the blessing though of knowing. I think that this, like, in my head, I was like, well. I have a cutoff for juniors, right? Age-wise, like I'm 21 yeah, now, for sure. And like, really, damn. Yeah, I'm limited still in terms of. time. <laughs> I'm limited in terms of time, right? So, that that's always something that's in my head. Is like I'm on the clock, and I, I've been on the clock for the past two years, and it's not stopped ticking. Um, you know, I'm not. I'm not 19 years old on stage anymore. I'm. I'm going to have to bring something. Yeah. Bring something real this time around, especially with the caliber of competitors in twenty twenty two or twenty twenty one.
1: But it, it comes on so quickly, man. Like the muscle mass, it it really does. When you're young, mm. um, and I'm I'm like twenty nine now. Everyone thinks I'm like, you know, twenty one yeah, or whatever. Just, they see me that's
0: for twenty one. You're still a uni. But, yeah.
1: yeah, mate. I got I got um ID for Monster.
0: Yeah, <laughs> we, I, I was talking to a few people about this. You as well. Like I got ID for Monster, and I. <laughs> I was on the way to UltraFlex, and I was like, I'm going to drop in, get a monster. I'm not going to use pre today, you know, just chill. Yeah. Went in, grabbed the white monster, scanned it through. Lady comes over. Bearing in mind, I'd seen this lady multiple times in the past week because she asked me on other occasions as well. Came over to me, she's like, looked at me, looked up at me because she's like a little lady. Looks at me, it's like, ID, please. I'm like, I just started laughing yeah he, he sounded It's like i felt really bad because it must have come across as really rude mm. but i was on the way to the gym third time that fucking like in the past week or so and it was the same woman asking me for my fucking id do i look like i'm 16 years old
1: did you get a decline though
0: no that's fine they they gave it to me like i haven't i have my id on me and my driver's license on me but
1: see was- i didn't i didn't have mine Oh, mine got declined, so she took it away from me. What the fuck? (laughs) And I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not 21, I'm 29.
0: You know, I'm well in. I don't, I'm, you know. Yeah. I don't understand, right? Well, like, this is news to me, right? That they have to ID for monsters. Like, I remember being 15 fucking years old, going to the shop and just being able to get a monster. Like, what happened in the past five years where they're like 29 year olds can't have monsters now?
1: It just goes to show, right? This must be scary. Something, something that they're putting in there must be, know? Yeah. Un- <laughs> you know, You've
0: probably gotten like five lawsuits from parents or something over something, and now they're yeah. like, "Nope, can't do it." That's that's annoying. Yeah. I, I was I was talking to, uh, do you know Caitlin? Mm. Uh, Caitlin Hall. We we in in one of the group chats. I was like, "Yeah, it's." F- I was ranting at this point because I was mad at the fact that I've even been asked for the third time, um, <laughs> and I was like, "But it's fine for me to go in." Get like a like a liter of fucking like iced coffee or something. That's probably this more caffeine, but no, can't, like the, the the can of Monster can't do that. Or how about like I don't know a glass jar of Kenko coffee? Do I have to get ID for that as well for stimulant? Like
1: oh man. I don't know if it is it is it just a stimulant that they're IDing you for? I don't or is
0: know, it? I, mean, else. I you would have thought something like the one everyone raves about, right? Is that spartan? Um, But that's in like literally every drink at this point, and I, they're not iding you for diet cokes, are they? So where are we at with this? Like, what is going on? Where's the? Wedding? Oh, well. uh, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll like let's let's leave that there, viewers. I'm talking about the energy drink rant, but it's been playing on my mind the last few weeks. Um, uh, So coming coming back round to your prep. So you you've you obviously won your last show, your class. I was there. You looked fucking awesome. Are you still at a point now where like you're trying to pull off some, or are you, are you just holding?
1: hundred like- percent. Yeah. I need to pull off some, I think how I looked for that show was, um, was okay. It was uh, reasonable for a qualifier. And um, I think i will still be reasonable for the next qualifiers. But, you know, when you come down to the finals and you're doing men's open, um, it's you know it's a big fight man you know those guys the they're, they're up there it's you have to bring the condition man otherwise they like everyone says there's no point in having a shit ton of muscle if you you can't display it and you can't show it right and i think um yeah, that's uh, definitely a difficult process for, for me. Like I've always, I have a lot of muscle, um, but it's just bringing that, that condition, which has always been um, a, a very big struggle for me.
0: Yeah. I I will say like, I I thought at the time, considering obviously your like hospital trip at the start of the week, <laughs> the fact that you like on the day managed to pull up and got better over the course of the day as well. Mm was pretty impressive and by by the by the end of the day you were like on as far as i'm concerned like i think at the start it was kind of clear that you were maybe not so confident about what you might look like but by the end of the day like as soon as you started posing it just sort came alive which is really fucking cool um so speaking of posing your posing routine You've been what you were working with Samson, right? That's who you're working with for Bows and Hat. Yeah,
1: I mean, the mandatory stuff, then I never really do anything like that with uh, Samson. Um, I've uh, it's only the routine stuff that I usually uh get someone to help me out with. I've had some help in 2019 with him as well, okay. and also uh, Donna. Um, okay, yeah.
0: That's cool. I, that's something that I'm very much interested in this time around. I did my own routine and my own posing pretty much during 2019. I, I mean, AJ like stepped in on occasion with mandatories to be like, hey, look, you need to like not put your foot like in line with your other foot in the side, like relax, because otherwise you'd lose your leg and stuff like that. But Um, like in terms of posing routine I didn't like go to any one for it and this time I want to Um, and like there's a few people who I spoke to about and a few routines that I've seen yours included where I'm like I think it just highlights the importance especially for people who aren't necessarily naturally great posers to go to these people and actually speak to people who are good at posing and they're like do posing classes and they're masters at like Samson or even I don't know Terence Ruffin or someone like that. Uh I was I was
1: horrible at posing like before, like horrible, which is why you know, whenever I'm bad at something, I'll practice it a lot until I get good at it. And um that's pretty much what's happened with my posing. I've just been very critical with it. Um, you know, looking at it and being like, this is shit. And then, you know, correcting it. I think a lot of it does the mandatories comes from like obviously um, jeff alberts who's my coach um he's a very very good poser so we do quite a lot every season um, we do some skypes and uh, we always run through the mandatories which i think is the most important if you can't like do the mandatories properly you know you, your posing routine is going to be shit as well right um, and there's no point in practicing your posing routine unless your mandatories are on point so always you know um prioritize what's really important, which is the mandatories first. Um even Valentin, um, Tambosi, I don't know if you uh, know him. Um earlier in the season he was helping me out quite a lot with um, you know, some posing as well. Um he's he's very, very, you know, glued up on that as well. Um yeah. Shout out to Valentin that uh, yeah, he's, I'm a big fan of him, man. Yeah, he, for sure.
0: i I've, I followed him for a while because I remember I think AJ might have actually mentioned him to me like a couple mm. of years ago and I was like I remember looking him up and be like, whoa, this guy's cool. Follow <laughs> like look at yeah. him. Um, yeah, I, I think that's that's definitely a thing for me going forward, having seen like how your routines turned out on a bunch of other people is like I need to actually uh, get clued up and find a uh, find a coach. Maybe Santa, yeah. who knows? Am I
1: might I might he's he's great, man. Yeah. Um yeah, no absolutely no and he it's not just him. Uh, so his Mrs. Ma- uh, Malen- Malenka, I don't know, man, yeah, she, absolutely butcher. She's always there as well, yeah. and sh- man, she knows a lot about posing as well, you know, because she's obviously seen hours of him doing it, um, and she helps out a lot. Like you know, she's one of those. It's usually the case, right? There's always a female behind the scenes, which is um, the absolute um, any big you know, gem.
0: There's always a, a one behind it, so. I might reach out to him. Uh, I, li- I want to get him on the podcast as well. So that might be a good opportunity to in future do that. But yeah, that's very cool. Another thing that you just mentioned that I completely forgot about. So Team 3DMJ, how did you get started with them?
1: Um, so yeah, that was 2019. So my for the first show, the USN Classic, um, I was coached by another coach. um and then i guess halfway through the season i actually swapped to 3dmj um and i think it was more so i just wanted to learn Hmm. and i wasn't sure when i was going to prep again so i was like okay well i was listening to all their podcasts i was just like rinsing um every single bit of um, content I could from them. I think as you do, right, if you're about to hire someone um, or if you're gonna invest in something, you're gonna listen and read everything that you can from that individual, right, and do your research. And that's exactly what I did. And the more I did that, the, the more I just uh, loved their process. And um, yeah, and that's kind of how I got started. And it's been pretty much two years into that process now. Um, and I feel like I've developed a very, very strong coaching relationship as you do, right? Even say yourself and, and AJ, uh, I'm sure he knows you very, very well as yeah. not just like, maybe not even so much your physique and your body, but definitely how you your mindset works and yeah. what triggers you and what, um, what gets you going. And I think that's more so important when it comes to coaching than, you know, the X's and O's. Um, it's that relationship it's the um, understanding your athlete and that takes a long time to develop you may not get that in your first prep and a lot of people I think jump from coach to coach within you know one prep Mm -hmm. and I think the the key you're not going to see that um, that process improve and you're not going to see the best out of you from that individual coach um, until you know you develop that you know long-term relationship with them yeah
0: yeah, for sure. I I 100 agree, and that's that's why. Like, I like even for next year, I've already spoken to AJ about it in passing. Like, I will be, I'll be prepped by him again because, mm. like, I've I've done my own off season, but he knows. Like, I I would I would hate to waste the fact that he's seen eight plus months of what I've looked like, how I how I conduct myself, how I train, like like the x's and o's you know like knows he, yeah. he what i'm like so yeah uh, like i i would hate to waste that kind of relationship and start from scratch like
1: i think a big thing is age as well you know with yeah. with coaches um a lot of times you know like jeff's like 50 years old man yeah. you know what i mean and he, probably the amount of people that he's prepped you know amount of times he's prepped he's been training for longer than i've been alive yeah i mean and that that experience wise that you get from that um it's untouchable right you can't you can't change that and you you'll know yourself as you go through your preps and whatnot um the more times that you do it the more experience that you get from it that's something you can't read from a book right and i think i take a lot of value from the actual experience side of things more so than, you know, the science and, you know, the other aspects that, you know, 3DMJ also have.
0: That's, that's an interesting comment you, you just made in regards to like it being a learning experience. And that was, that was another thing I know, like in the beginning, one of the things that I was actively looking for in terms of coaching was someone who had the, the experience and also conducted themselves as almost like a tutor in a way like oh like you were a student under them that's another important thing for me and that's like the ethos I try to put across as well as a coach like uh I know with AJ I like the few people that I did reach out to other than AJ like I'm fine saying this I reached out to Cal and Ray mm-hmm. because and that was because at the time I was seeing a lot of muscle mentors podcasts like uh, they were coming to Ultimate Fitness on a, a regular basis at that point because they're doing seminars and stuff. Um, a few other people were I'm trying to think who else I reached out to. Um, I might have reached out to.
1: You must have reached out to Jordan, right? Everyone does.
0: Yeah, everyone reaches out to. I, I reached out to Jordan. I reached out to. I even asked Sai, I spoke to Sai in my gym yeah you know ultimate fitness like he's an older guy who like he's been there done that he he was like a a world-class bodybuilder you know Mm. and he knows everything inside out and he knows like how to prep people so that was another person asked as well uh but he also then said why don't you just go to aj yeah that's how that relationship started um i think that's super important like like uh, taking the time to find the coach that one fits like you, two you're willing to stick with for a long time, and and three you're going to learn from and learn from the process. Like um, by the end, like I I went into that prep not really knowing what to expect in terms of how it was going to run,
1: yeah,
0: anything like that. Um, Like a, a level three personal trainer qualification doesn't really count for shit when you're doing the bodybuilding prep. Um, and I came out the other end knowing exactly what I needed to do going forward. And that was like a huge thing for me. So.
1: I think a big one as well is just finding a coach that fucking cares about you as well. Like really, like genuinely wants you to improve. And I think, um, you can see that from AJ, um, when he does prep his clients, like he, um, he has that good relationship with you guys. Right. And, um, it's definitely something which is, um, really important. I think, you know, you could have the smartest coach, um, the most, you know, famous, whatever, you know, guru out there, but if they don't generally, if they like handling too many people and they don't actually care about your progress, um, they're not the right coach, right?
0: And, and the other thing as well is, like, that reflects on the clientele as well. Because then, like, with AJ's, like, group, everyone knows everyone. Or mm-hmm. everyone, like, like I, I saw... It's a community, right? Yeah. And, like, even if you've never spoken before, like, I saw uh, Theo uh, Ultraflex uh, Ultra this past, like, yeah. week, he's competing this coming weekend, because I'm, I'm going up to Birmingham to watch the BMBF uh, Midlands as well. Yeah, yeah. He's going to be competing there. And I went up to him and was like, hey, look, what's going on? Like, how's it going? Like, how's your prep? Stuff like that. And I think that's like a, a huge thing, a huge, huge thing to have that, like that, that, that impact that the coach has made to be reflected on everyone underneath him. Like, yeah.
1: That's it's that cool. team thing, in it? You feel like yeah. you belong. Yeah. Team AJ.
0: <laughs> <laughs> i still got my Team MBM hoodie. I, yeah. I don't know where it is actually, but um I wear it when I find it. But I got, the, when he gave me that hoodie, uh, I remember it because I was fucking gassed that he gave me that hoodie. Yeah. It was, in, I think it was at my second show. He gave me that hoodie. I was like, yes, I'm on the team. Like, yeah. <laughs> It's just really funny. Like, um, And after he takes it like, you're off the team. <laughs> <laughs> took it back off me. Yeah, uh, I don't wear it too much now because... Um, I'm bigger than I was. Like, I've basically eaten myself at this point, so it doesn't really fit me properly. It's a prep,
1: prep hoodie.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's 100% of prep hoodie. Right now, it's like, because because of, like, where my shoulders and, like, my upper body are, it rides up and it's a bit like a crop top at this yeah. point. So, so, yeah, AJ,
1: if you're hearing, uh, Jermaine needs a new
0: hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> AJ, hang <laughs> I, I was actually, that was the other reason I was gassed with it because it was an embroidered hoodie and it was one of the new hoodies at the time. I was like, I'm one of yeah. the first fucking people to get this hoodie. Yeah. I was, I was gassed about that. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> get, coming back around to uh, the topics at hand. Um, yeah, I think that's an important thing for people who are going to be watching this. Like uh, our viewers are a good mix. Like some of them are like, like, from what I've seen, a lot of young people who are just coming into bodybuilding in this sort of niche of the fitness industry. Um, so them hearing stuff like this, I think is like super beneficial, super important. It's something that's not necessarily covered a lot on this page. Cause we tend to get a lot of, how do you say it? Like, I guess a lot of like older people who want to talk uh, like who want to talk about topics like nutrition in depth and gut microbiome and digestion, stuff like that. We get like stuff like that on here as well. So I think for the people watching, definitely take your time. That's that's a huge thing. Take your time, figure out exactly what you want and uh, like what sort of coach you want to be working with in future. Because, yeah, it makes a huge difference makes a huge, huge difference.
1: I mean, yeah, I was was always into the science and all the, you know, biomechanics and, you know, the gut stuff and whatever. All that stuff is great, right? But uh, there's nothing that beats, you know, coaching is not just about the science and not just about, you know, those, the the X's and O's, like, I always say it. And I just think the relationship that you get from your coach, you know, the feedback, um, there's no point in telling someone all of this stuff if they can't apply it, yeah, exactly. Like if you just told them one thing that they could do, and they actually executed it, that's that's more than enough. That value there, that's right? I mean. um, and I think a lot of people get that wrong in terms of coaching is they try to give too much. Um, and it's like, what can you actually give this person in front of you? Um, the one thing that they can action for the week that is going to be the biggest rock that's going to change everything, right, for them in that week. Um, and it doesn't have to be massive right it doesn't have to be like oh drop you in know, 20 grams of carbs and eat you know this pop tart it could be as simple as i want you to start writing out you know what time you're going to eat your food and yeah. that keeps your adherence you know um it could be as, as simple as that and uh but it can make much bigger changes than um you know more the science and, and that
0: i do it's just key at the end of the day like for sure it's all well and good. You could have everything in the world, like done for you to a T, and it be perfect. But if you're not consistent, there's nothing that's happening there. <laughs> like,
1: yeah, it's just it's just pulling. You know the the horse in front of the cart, right, or the cart in front of the horse. Even <laughs> butchered that. Um, but brain right there. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, but it's always the case, right? People getting lost in in all these. You know the smaller rocks, you know, right? The higher fruits. Yeah. And they they forget about the things which are right in front of them that they haven't done that they need to do which is going to get them yeah. basically 80 to 90 percent of the results right yeah, um,
0: yeah. That that's, that's the biggest
1: mistake people are making
0: That's interesting. I had a friend ask me literally yesterday uh, this is someone who like I, I told the previous year when lockdown first happened like hey look, Go outside, be active, do steps, like get get a bike, go on bike ride, stuff like that. Just try and be active. And like, I was just encouraging that person to be fitter and healthier generally. And um, she came to me the other day and was like, can I, should I buy this? And send me a picture of a Herbalife product. And after... (laughs) He's after, like, code <laughs> after initially, not plugging Herb life, fuck Herb life. Um, but after that initial thing, I was like, hey, look, at the end of the day, what did I tell you last year? Calories in, calories out. So, why are you looking at this? Think it's gonna make you lose weight? Like, yeah. like, all so well and good, like, if you want to get a greens powder or something like that. But uh,
1: people get lost, right? There's too yeah, much information, there's too sure. much noise.
0: That is um, a- and like, I and for the vast majority of people who haven't had that drilled into their heads that they're, they're, they're going to be stuck in that rut for a while I think like um there's a bunch of people who've come my way that I've like tried to work with and stuff and they because they can't wrap their head around that and can't I guess can't separate certain feelings and ideas with like the reality of what's like objectively needs to happen nothing happens and that is 100% an issue for some people but on the other hand you do get like some older people who are like a 40 year old guy who still wants to go to the pub to watch football and and have a few drinks on the weekend and they'll make great progress even though they're going out for a few beers on the weekend you know so yeah it can in both ways
1: yeah for sure I always use the analogy of um you know um people spending like Three four hundred pounds on like the best you know face products like what, what I use to to clear my spots but then you know they don't even wash their face every day you know that kind of shit um, so that's usually what happens right and the same with training right people focus on all these you know other factors all this fancy stuff reverse bands you know banning this you know resistance profiles supplements you name it right but they don't even go to the gym <laughs>
0: yeah they don't train fucking hard yeah. So we don't
1: even turn up to the gym some weeks it's like well there's your answer right
0: that that's that, that a question actually that I'm I'm intrigued to know what you think do you think do you think it's acceptable for someone who's just started the gym to be using um like force profile stuff and using like bands or reverse bands on something even if they're hack squatting like 10 kilo aside or something I think
1: it it really depends on the context. Like, it depends on, um, if if I was in the gym, like coaching this individual, I probably would, uh, do a little bit of uh, resistance profile stuff because, a lot of times you'll find, um, you know, beginner clients they they'll be able to, to lift um and have a lot of strength between one range, but then severely be underloaded in yeah. in another range, and that. And I think it can be beneficial for them, but only if obviously you set them up in that scenario, right? Um, and you're you're using and you understand the, the the principles. So if you're PTing, um, and I used to do this myself in the city, um, it's very quick, right? It was just like banging on, and the band's always there if you're working in a studio. But then if you're like online coaching and you're telling someone to do that, probably. Um, yeah, probably not the, the best thing that you can do in the world. You yeah. know? Um,
0: I had a, um, like saying on topic, I had a kid reply to my questions like Q and A the other day. Um, and he's replied to them like a few things and asked questions before. Uh, but it was, um, Oh, what was it? It was something like, yeah, I I'm trying to do a lean bulk. This is like a 16 century old kid. He's like, I'm trying to do a lean bulk. I want to put on lean tissue. I don't want to gain fat. Um, should I, um, like, should, uh, I've seen people dropping, like, food on rest days. Should I also drop food on rest days? Um, and will that maintain my lean bulk? And I was like, no, that's not what's doing. It's like, again, you get trapped in the idea of, like, certain things meaning certain things. And I was like, hey, look, man, like, it's, it's you being in the caloric surplus everything else outside of that, like you periodizing nutrition and stuff. Great. Go for it. Do it. And mm-hmm. it, it'll probably help you like in terms of training and how you feel and, you know, digestion and like insulin sensitivity, all that kind of stuff, you know, could have an impact. Like, um, but it is the P's and Q's <laughs> like focus on the P's and Q's. You, you're trying to be in the surplus and this is someone who's just starting training and then yeah. talking about periodizing nutrition. It's and, crazy, like, right? Yeah, and I'm like, "Hey, bud, just focus on focus on."
1: When I when I saw that, I didn't even eat.
0: Yeah, bro. <laughs> I just I just trained. I I I had no clue. I had no fucking clue. I I did a bodybuilding.com diet. That's that's how I I did. I did. I used to have like I basically did keto at one point when I was 16. The the Tupperware had like asparagus or some shit in it. Um, eggs, uh, like like boiled eggs in it and then like fucking Turkey or something. And I used to get on the train with it and just horrify the people on the train. Cause it would stink. And, and that was like the, the era. Like I, I think after maybe in the past, it might be in the past two, three years, maybe because of like the abundance of knowledge that's now out there with people like JP and stuff. Um, there's been a very big paradigm shift in what a lot of these younger guys who are 16 are looking at, like um, I keep- who
1: who uses social media the most as well, right? Like you gotta look, it's it's definitely the younger generation, and they can follow whoever they want, they can read whatever they want, take it in whatever context that they want to take it, um, and I think that's the scary thing, and there's no filter on it, right? Um, whereas when when I was growing up, there wasn't there wasn't any of that and i would just look at the people that were big in the gym in itself and you know whether it was right or wrong what they did i just fucking did it i was like oh he's doing that exercise i'm gonna
0: do that yeah that was i didn't i didn't train legs for my first year until (laughs) oh shit
1: yeah same Um,
0: and and then i like started training and i asked like a guy in the gym hey hi can you teach me how to squat with the barbell i was like yeah sure and then, like, the next week, I'll try to do one rep maxes and shit, thinking I'll grow. Like, I, I think going through stuff like that is super important to what what made probably us and, like, our what yeah. of people like what we are. Uh, whereas I now wonder, are these younger people who are getting into this sort of field, like, are they going to have – that role model of just, hey, look, do the basics, train fucking hard, or are they going to get trapped in certain things like that still? Even though there's like – like I, I, I will say as well – sorry about the rant, by the way. I will say, like, when I was 16, I did kind of wish there was more out there. Mm. But at the same time, I, I, I'm happy and I enjoy the fact that the guy on gear at the gym at the time was like – Nah, yeah, bro, you can beat Arnold's size naturally. I, like, I think I benefited more from that than someone being like, no, you can't build this set amount of muscle without taking anabolics or something like that, you know?
1: I, I, I had no idea about anabolics, you okay. know, when I was, like, it took me, it took me ages to even realise that people were on anabolics around me. Yeah. And, like, there was people, like, lifting, um, the gym I was lifting, like, I thought... 167 years, right and he was like fifty, and i always thought he was natural and no one has said anything and uh somebody um told me that in the end and uh i was absolutely devastated by that <laughs> i was like what yeah <laughs> he's, on, he's on steroids <laughs> you know um but yeah now it's just like it's common knowledge right yeah
0: for sure and it's
1: like when we were younger and um I'm older than you, but um, when, when I was younger, uh, the first thing that you would do is kind of like you train you and you'd get a protein shake, right? That was like ritual. Now it's like you train, you go to the gym and the starter pack is you take drugs, you take steroids, right? So true. It's like, what the fuck is going on with the world now? Here's, you know, some,
0: here's some resistance band and some fucking... Yeah, literally. Yeah. Here's
1: resistance band, here's some knee wraps. And he's uh, just he's just start pack of steroids.
0: Here's your stack. This is uh, this yeah. is the base of everything. Yeah. yeah, that's super. That's that is totally like a thing. And like another thing that I was talking to some people about the other day was the idea of, um, particularly with women, in in bodybuilding. I feel like there's a, an expectation now to get to get like a pro car by the time you're like twenty two or twenty three. For sure. I think that's a big thing as well, like looking at some of the younger girls who are coming up right now. um, There's like a level of expectation there with like, I can't remember what her name was. There's that one bikini pro who turned pro before she was 18 or something. And that became the standard, I think, at that point for female pro. Um, So a lot of these girls are coming up and and wanting and they're chasing that pro card. And I, I would almost dare to say that culture of um like training diet and drugs all in one combo like for the first time bikini competitor is is it is like such a, a women thing like it seems like it's very dominant in like the females mm. right now
1: um see i don't, I don't even care about a pro card man like i just i just want to look like a pro i don't like even if i didn't get a pro card and i look like a pro i'll be like yo whatever yeah. you know what i mean because then you you basically everyone like you people look at you and be like you should be a pro right and you're like you probably could be a pro right but you just you don't really care you maybe you haven't turned up in the right place whatever and i think that should be you know the, the key right mm-hmm. is there's no point in having this card when you know like people look at you that, that i think for me that would be the worst thing ever if you have like in your bio like oh uh, whatever pro and then people look at your profile like you're a pro you know god that would kill me you know um <laughs> and that's definitely not where I, I would want to be
0: that's super like poignant as well like i that was another thing i put on my fucking q and a on my story
1: Someone,
0: yeah um sent me I'm not gonna say who I know who yeah. I, I, I have a lot of respect for them for asking me that on the store. Uh they like my opinion is right, and this is opinion of quite a few people who I'm not gonna name because I don't wanna like direct anything at anyone. I wanna try and avoid because I know some people are a bit like more sensitive around this sort of thing.
1: No. So they just kill people.
0: <laughs> I <laughs> I don't want to kill people inside. Uh yeah. I I fail to see the point in getting a pro card to then never have any success as a pro. Yeah. I think it's, it, it's a bit pointless getting a, like, let's say I were to turn IFBB pro in two years time. Yeah. Right. I then have, let's say I even had any potential to be a good pro because there's a pro there's turning pro which is basically just amateur still. And then there's being a good pro who's like winning pro shows or placing top three. Um, I I, I fail to see the point in doing that then to spend the next five years getting anywhere as a pro as opposed to staying amateur for, I don't know, those five years, still winning prize money potentially if you were doing like a certain federation or something. Um, Still doing very well Building a presence, being very popular, and then at a point where you're actually very, very good, then going for a pro card. Like, I know a few people have done that in the past. Like, I think is it Peter Molnar did that? Um, he he was he's a crazy physique who competed in like uh PCA pro sort of stuff or just general PCA for years and years and years, and then this past year turned pro, started going into a pro shows and placing the top five straight away. Like, I, th- I think that makes more sense. And that seemed to be the trend in, like, the 90s as well because pro cards were so much more difficult to get. Um, and it seems like now a lot of pro shows are handing out pro cards to, like, top threes and stuff in some divisions.
1: That's mad, isn't
0: it? It's bonkers to me. Like, yeah. uh, bearing in mind, in the, I think that, that reflects on why the UK pros are so good. Like, our, our like scene for UK pro bodybuilders is incredible. Like Nathan Dasher, he's like a multiple pro show winner and um, like been to Olympia multiple times. Obviously, you've now got uh, James, who's just like coming into his own. Competed last year, won two pro shows off the bat, like and going to the Olympia as well. Like I, I think that reflects massively on like. On, on, like that. How hard it is in the UK to get a pro card, even.
1: Even Sasan, right? Like, if you're looking at the, I think the old, um, is it UK BF, BF, BFF or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. It was only one. It's, it's like what we have in the natural bodybuilding scene now, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, only one person gets it. And that is like, so that's, that's, that's elite, awesome. man. That is so sick. Yeah. Like, so it then becomes prestigious, right? Oh, so you. Sure. Uh, before it was like you know the the wmbf was pro card was so prestigious but i don't actually think uh it it was necessarily so prestigious it was just because in the uk it was hyped up so much because uk dfba were affiliated with them and they only gave out one every year right mm. one and sometimes lee even came out and said sometimes he wouldn't even give it to you if he didn't feel like you're um, your physique is. I think he said on AJ's podcast. He said, um, he wouldn't even give it to you if um, if you didn't look like you had a pro physique, right? But one pro card. That's that's crazy, man. You know, that's right. a that's a tough ride. So you know that the guy who wins it deserves
0: it. And like, obviously, this past year, like one of the big ones coming out of the UK was Bob Waterhouse winning his pro, like ifbb pro card, coming from the Natty yeah. scene. And the reality is there's people in the Natty scene who he's been trying to beat for years and hasn't beat him. And he's got gone, mm. the car, but then you've got like David K and people like...
1: <sighs> what a Don. Okay. He's definitely one of my favourite like right. natural bodybuilders.
0: Without a doubt. Like he, he he seems to be a bit more, very under the radar mm. into, as, as like as a bodybuilder. But like if you ever see people at home, look him up David K. go to his account. He... <sighs> his like shots are ridiculous. Like they're, they're mind blowing to me. And uh, they're like, arguably some of the best. Like photos that I've seen of a competitor in condition period. Like, see, he's
1: another one that with the height thing, I was shocked. I took a picture with him on that day. uh, uh, And I was like, God, he's not even that much taller than me, but he's probably his stage weight is like, you know, easily 30 kilos above mine. So I'm like, whoa you hold a lot of muscle dude well,
0: you know you sort of chilling like yeah you look like that
1: that's scary it
0: is, it is.
1: that is scary like the, the,
0: when i when i competed in um, 2019 i remember seeing him stomping around and be like what the fuck that's a natural guy and then i remember seeing him this past year and also going what the fuck that's a natural guy like even though I've gr- I've I've grown a bit, but I'm still nowhere near that. Like nowhere near. That's crazy. So,
1: I think why he's under radar as well because he sticks with um, the DFAC yeah. and the MBF. Like he doesn't really venture out anywhere else, um, which is fair enough. You know, his his choice. Um, but I think um, it it reduces the amount of um, exposure that he gets. Right. So if he if he did what like Babacar does, where I think Babacar won. Uh, he's done the WMBF. He went to Musclemania and won that. And uh, I think there was some talk about him doing some defect stuff as well. Um, so,
0: Go off the back of that, that's a lot of clout. There's a lot of clout.
1: Yeah, man. Imagine going to every Fed and just being like, I own you. You know, I'm going to compete in whatever Fed I want, gradually, one by one, and I'm going to win the overall in every single Fed. Like, that's you, that is savage. That is straight balls, man.
0: Another one as well that people really forget about, I feel like, is the fact that Kai Green turn pro naturally before he turned pro. Yeah. And and became the monster he ended up being. Like do you think he'll ever come back? No, no, I'm not banking on it. You think I'd love him to, but I, I'm always skeptical with these sort of things. Same thing with uh fucking Rami winning the Olympia. I was I've always been very skeptical. I was like he could yeah. do it. He could like, but again, because it's so far removed and and stuff like that, I'm like well, fuck, will he come back? But again, why the fuck is he stayed as big as he is if he's not coming back?
1: I think I think we'll see Kai back. Just because he signed Redcon, I'm sure Aaron Singerman's done something.
0: There's a contract deal there.
1: There's no way. There's no way you're signing such a name like that and giving him that big kind contract, of dollar without it.
0: But you have to compete. Yeah, something like that. I think that's um, also the reason why Roley ended up competing this year. I think, yeah. he, like, he didn't look his best. But he was coming off the back of a year of, like, knee issues and, like, B training and stuff like that coming into this season. But I think I think it was because he was contractually obligated. That's probably why he ended up oh. working, even though he wasn't, like...
1: I was shocked by Roley, man. When he came out, yeah. like, I love Roley's Raleigh, physique. Um, but when he came out, I was like, whoa, he's lost, like, he's lost muscle.
0: Yeah. And, like... I uh, I have a soft spot for him, and like I, people who've watched like the other podcasts, I I'm always all for Rolly He was the first pro that I ever saw on stage. Mm. It was at the 2016 Body Power when they were still running pro stuff. Out yeah, there. and it was just after he, he won, right? Yeah, he he brought his waist down. It was the year he he got a waist trainer. <laughs> he came in with this ridiculous like waist and like. I remember seeing that in person being sat there going what the fuck am I looking at and that was the yeah. point I think where I was like yeah this bodybuilding thing's cool I want to try it out like probably try yeah. it out that's the point where I wasn't going like, step on stage because like yeah that that guy has a soft spot in my heart so I hope Roly does come back at some point like on on yeah. I think it's a case of him having like an actual off season to regain tissue at this point.
1: That's how I feel, man. When I go on stage, like, I feel like I'm a bit hit and miss. <laughs> if I'm on, then I'm like, yeah. you know, it could be really, really good, but you know, half the time I'm off. <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey look, You had some valid reasons for the last show and you still won. Yeah. So you're good. You get a pass. I don't know, man.
1: I'm, I'm a bit like uncertain with everything. Yeah. Um, Yeah, even 2019, man, like I dieted uh, for the USN Classic. I was on like for that. But then towards the end of the season, I couldn't hold it, man. I absolutely drilled myself into the ground um, for that first show. And I had no like expectations to compete any later in the season. And then, you know, you qualify for the finals. Oh, I'll do the finals. Didn't even realize. Um, And yeah, I just to hold that condition for six months was brutal, man, for like, Kind of like more of a more or less a rookie season, and that's why I didn't turn up, man. When when the finals came and I was didn't even place um because I just I struggled with it with the diet and just holding on.
0: While, while we're here, actually, while you we're talking, I'll pull up your Insta so we can we can see that.
1: Yeah, it's just gonna be full of memes.
0: <laughs> I <know you>
1: have- <laughs> and my face on other things. I
0: love, I love the memes, man. I'm all-
1: I think everyone loves the memes. I need to, need to bring out some more. But um you do. Yeah.
0: Big. Okay, one sec. I've got so many browsers open, I'll try to find the right one. Here we go. Boom, there we go. Now now we're on. Now we're now we're ready. Um, there you go, man. yeah, so but anyone <laughs> who hasn't seen the Himson's page.
1: <laughs> you gotta love the one that I uh that I posted in the middle there next to Bieber. That one. I don't know if you watch American football. No,
0: no. But
1: basically, um, when Tom Brady won uh, the Super Bowl, he oh. did it with uh he did this video, and basically I wanted to do this from like the beginning. Um, so that 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 has been um <laughs> like preempted for a long time. So I'm glad that I won that show so I could at least do it for one season.
0: That's incredible. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh,
0: Let's uh, also your um I, yeah, this guy right here. This is what
1: yeah, you, Dan. Dan. What a legend!
0: Dan looked awesome. Like Dan was great. Um, he actually did incredibly well in his class. I think hmm. I was watching the audience, and I was very impressed. And uh, the judges liked him as well. I think he he was
1: yeah. It was I. I mean, he he looked better on this show. Like uh, we, I was a bit of a pussy in terms of um the 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 peak week. Like I didn't really fill him up enough for the BNBF. Um, and, you know, he was a little bit on on the flatter side, which is why he looked kind of hard in certain areas, but then flat in others. And then the the week after, which was this MPA show, um, he definitely brought, like, his best um, for that. And uh, we've just actually pulled the plug on the season. I think a lot of the feedback was just more so, um, like, a a muscle standpoint, like, size-wise. Obviously, he's gone through, like, two meniscus injuries from American football. We used to play football together, American football at uni um so he went through two meniscus so which is why i think his legs are a little bit more undersized but it just takes a little bit of time i think um you're never going to be um bang on like the best um for your first season right and i think he got what he wanted from it and that's the main thing right
0: i love this this is incredible you should everyone
1: who's been hammering pokemon knows
0: (laughs) I want this as a fucking poster, dude. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's good, man. At the back
0: yeah. of my fucking phone screen is, um, I don't know if you can see that.
1: Squirrel. Yeah, I've got
0: a squirrel, and I've got, like the uh, the Pokemon Go, like stats for the other for stuff. I've like. been playing
1: uh, Pokemon, what's the new Pokemon? Sword, is it a Sword? Yeah, well, I've yeah. been playing that on the Switch. That's been my my,
0: my yeah. prep. I've got a Switch right and I've barely fucking touched it in the past Yeah. Like um, what was the stuff I was playing? Like Super Smash on it for ages, and then um, what's that?
1: I you gotta get on Zelda.
0: Yes, I do. Zelda
1: Breath of the Wild. That is probably one of the best games I've ever played. It
0: comes out before the next one comes out for sure.
1: Hundred percent It's so good. 100%. And then watch watch Austin John plays on on uh, on YouTube, and he tells you like how to get like the Elder Sword or whatever the hell it's called. <laughs>
0: Uh, my friend is big into Zelda and he always shows me the stupid videos of people just basically fucking like hacking the game with all the people <laughs> doing it so like like, balls, like into the castle and stuff like from across the map just dumb stuff hmm. here's another another great meme with <laughs> oh, <no.
1: laughs> this was easy man like i didn't i'd I, like i didn't
0: it's fucking great I,
1: <laughs> I don't even watch marvel or any of these films so like i had this meme i created i have no idea what this guy's going on about but i figured well everyone i think knows thanos or they watch you know marvel so i thought i'd do a meme on it but i i actually have no idea what he's on about
0: this must be what a lot of people at like marketing companies for big business are like like yeah i know nothing about this but people like it like yeah let's put this in
1: yeah i mean that's the main thing is right people like you gotta attract someone in right um,
0: yeah.
1: To 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 reading the caption or whatever, um, a lot of people just put pictures. Like the old school is like people attract you through like their their ass or their muscles or whatever, right? And now I think um, you you got to do it through a different avenue. I, I try to use the, the humor side of things to, to attract people in, and um, you know go off it that way. And then people actually then tend to read it, right?
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, for yeah. sure. I re- this shit. I follow this shit. This this shit's funny to me. I like reading these things and like a lot of the time they're very they echo a lot of things that i tell people who i i coach or i have coached they echo yeah. like like having a client who's like been losing weight for like eight weeks and is having a meltdown every time they like go over by like 20 cows or something over the course of the yeah day. yeah for sure yeah <laughs> for fuck's sake <laughs>
1: see again i have no idea where this lady is from like um but i saw like there's <laughs> been loads of memes on it and i was like this is pretty good let me take that yeah. um obviously dragon ball z We know really. that for sure only <laughs> yeah, i looked that shredded on stage
0: <laughs> the quads yeah. are actually accurate for you
1: <laughs> not the calves though
0: <laughs> yeah
1: no, so the calves
0: <laughs> or the tail or the tail of course yeah, yeah.
1: Or vagina. <laughs>
0: or just a blank sheet.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: I want to be like this on stage with cannonball delts. That's
1: yeah, what. and massive traps. <laughs>
0: just... Wa-
1: waist is a bit wide, but...
0: It is, but um, hey, look, no neck, all trap. I'm, I'm all for it. For sure. Okay. <laughs> Some of these are fucking hysterical, <laughs> that's a good one's <laughs> it. got a bit of an early
1: yeah
0: genius. yeah
1: people know the party guys they'll know about that
0: these are some of these are fucking out there man this is almost a meme page
1: basically it's, yeah it's, it's that's a good cool. one right yeah. everyone knows that. Is that.
0: that is a great one does the weather affect your goals that is a question actually do you find that you if you were, like, have you ever found it that you drop weight or, like, you could keep your calories the same for a very long time and it could go from, like, be very cold to being 30 degrees like it has this past month and you just drop weight based on that thermogenesis. Like, do you find that at all or is that something that you account for at all in your coaching? No, I
1: don't, I don't, for me, personally, myself, I, that doesn't happen. <laughs> My body is stubborn as hell um, and, uh, it takes like I have to go into quite a big of a deficit to 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 drop body fat and um, I think a lot of people will be shocked by the numbers that i I rack up when I eat my my food and when I go like when I start my diet, I know I think George Osborne always said like he he fi- he finishes prep on two thousand five hundred calories, right? Yeah. I start prep on two thousand five
0: hundred. I think I'm kind of similar honestly.
1: Um, right
0: It takes a bit more. I think I think I, it's it's more the initial part of the prep takes more than the actual end of the prep does.
1: Hmm.
0: Like, once, mine just keeps
1: going down, man.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm like Pretty much there, or I'm pretty much there. Like, yeah. and I could arguably raise food again. Really,
1: like, I realistically for my body, like, I did not even need like refeeds. But the refeeds are the only thing that allows me to stay adherent um, because my calories have to go so low. Like, I'm like basically doing bikini diets you know what i mean um super high step count but you know my i know guys that don't come on stage with as much muscle as me but they can eat twice as much food so um i think ultimately it doesn't really matter where you are right you got to do what you got to do to get on stage right and um and compete and be competitive
0: i i spoke to someone about that um recently as well where um I think it was, it might be Tim, I don't know if you know Tim Stewart, but at one point in the past couple of months, I remember we had that conversation of, of us being like, it doesn't ultimately matter what your, what food you're on, it doesn't matter what your scale weight is, none of that shit really matters, it's what you are on stage. yeah. Like, and the, the end result, right? So like you being on, let's say a bikini girl, 1500 cows or whatever, but hey look, you, you're looking like this and you're winning, so yeah. You know what, what
1: i mean you say that but then you know i would definitely would like to have a bit more calories that would be nice <laughs> you know um,
0: when, when you're there right you're there like
1: of course like if i could diet on 2000 calories would i take it 100 yes do you know what i mean
0: i, I spoke to uh, george about it as well where like that was a thing at one point with george he was on like 3000 plus cows and he was showing. And he still felt the same way that you or I would feel being on much lower food.
1: I don't know. I just like, for me, I'm still like, <laughs> you still have more to play with. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like you could still fit a pop tart in, or you could still fit a squares bar in. I cannot do that with 1600 calories. Do you know what I mean? There's just yeah, yeah, yeah. like, even vegetables is like a higher percentage of carbohydrate than, you know, f- for you, obviously, you know, you probably still will feel hard like you feel tired but you know it's still relative right it's still an absolute it's like you know doing wilts with powerlifting. you know um a 400 kilo deadlift for 100 kilo person versus 300 kilo deadlift for 75 kilo person sure they're still four times body weight and they're equally as hard but 400 is still 400 the absolute weight is still more And it's the same with calories. Um, But that's just coming from me, right? So that's why I'm a bit bitter about it.
0: (laughs) One thing that I noticed in prep, I I think it's also the mentality, though, what I had in my last prep, to be fair. I was very much like, and this ended up being my downfall in my last prep, was I had a rocky mentality. Mm. I was like, if AJ told me to do something, I would have questions, of course. And I'd ask them if they're like objectively good questions to ask, but it was very much like, yes. Do
1: first, ask after.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like it was, it was that like drill sergeant, like to to the recruit, like
1: that's the first prep mentality, man. I had that as well.
0: I think as a result of that, I was like 1600 cows, 1500 cows. Yeah. Whatever. Like, like I think, but I think that is again, like you say, down to a first prep mentality. And, uh, like I imagine no doubt this time. And it seems to be the case from um, what AJ said to me a couple of weeks ago that he was like, "Yep, higher food <laughs> this time around. You're starting yeah. on higher food, which is like completely understandable. Right. Um, and at the end of the day, I do get it. Like from a coaching perspective, you then have more to play with for sure. Like there's more that you can actually do with that. Um, yeah. As opposed to just pull more food, like, you know,
1: at some point, it's gonna to have to go. Yeah, uh, eventually, it, it it always does. Yeah. Um, doesn't matter how long you delay that process. You know, at some point, you're gonna to have to dig hard, and everyone has to work right for it. Um, yeah, that's that's the hardest part, prep, right? I think that's where most people struggle with.
0: Yeah. How, is there anything you do, um, for people at home, and like even for me? Is there anything you, that you do, like? in your head, like mental math to try and make that easier for yourself?
1: Um, so I think it's more so for me, it's just like a um, that sense of, you know, when you finish a meal yeah, and you don't really feel fully satisfied, Yeah, I think that's like the worst feeling in prep. Um, so for me, like recently I've just switched it from four meals a day to three. Just to reduce the 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 kind of feeling and yeah, at some point yeah you know sure optimal you know is four times, but or four or five times, but you you just have like it's it still comes down to adherence. If I do four times and it makes me binge, then fuck, then I'm going I'm doing three. Man, I'm doing whatever it takes for me to stay on track. You know what I mean? Um, and yeah. It, it, at some point it just has to be it doesn't have to be you know perfect what's on paper it just has to be doable yeah right and I think that that's key. I think a lot of people try to fit themselves into doing this optimal thing like we spoke about before yeah. um but it just needs to be doable, man It doesn't have to be you know the best thing on paper sure, maybe you might get a better look, but you know it, that doesn't matter if you can't follow it and that's why the bottom of the pyramid is always adherence right That's the biggest part, yeah.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: And then, aside from that, you know, AJ's been speaking a lot about structure and, you know, your routine in your day-to-day and, and reducing and uh, mitigating your stress. That's definitely um, a big part of, you know, yeah. why people can't adhere to diets is because they their structure and their routine and what they do uh, on a day-to-day is not, you know, they don't have their ducks aligned and I definitely think that's a, that's a huge one for Gen Pop yeah. Um, yeah. as to why they get triggered.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I have a, um, a female client who um, is now on ba- baseline volume in terms of training, like one set for a lot of exercises. Not that's not necessarily because like that's not necessarily because she's lifting massively heavy load or anything. Uh, she's not. Uh, but she's been dieting for a while now. And because of other factors like hormone levels and stuff. And Sleep and whatnot, right? Yeah. Looking at those sort of things, that is now more optimal and there's more progress being made off of less. And um, that's because recovery and, and stress has been mitigated, you know? So, um, and that's a thing that a lot of people, coaches as well, can't wrap their heads around a lot of the time as well. A lot of people will just like, you see it a lot with PTs, right? They'll be like, here's a diet plan for one of their clients. Here's some training. We'll do this training stuff uh, and we'll go balls to the walls hard while we're training. And you just follow this diet plan and nothing changes outside of that. And that's like such a backwards approach. (laughs) Uh, Like the body isn't like like linear it never it never follow. even for men like like we don't have menstrual cycles or anything but how the body I don't know I
1: feel like I do now (laughs) when at that point of prep you know where your test levels are so low I just feel like I'm bleeding all the time
0: (laughs) it it, it is like that like where I just think a lot of people ignore the the basic understanding of like some things in human biology like that like that is for me there's adherence. There's the actual training, diet, sleep, and biofeedback. But a lot of the stuff that comes under that and is eventually covered in that revolves around recovery and the stress mitigation, for sure. Yeah,
1: but those are the re- those are the triggers, right? As to why people binge and why people, um, you know, can't stick to their diet is not necessary because you know certain factors like they just they're not managing their life properly right they're not managing it's like I can't go out to do my steps or whatever it's because you know you just you you're sitting on your phone all day or you're you know we have it all the time right you get clients where they're like oh I I can't go out to do my steps and you look at their screen time and they're doing eight hours on Instagram and it's like well in those eight hours you couldn't have done 10,000 steps 100% you could have man Mm -hmm. but because your routine is I want to sit on the on the couch playing you know my phone or a lot of times people like i can't i can't progress in the gym because you sleep six hours or you sleep five hours and why do you sleep five because you know the night before i decided to watch you know uh 10 episodes on suits on netflix and it's like yeah that's your that's your answer you know why don't you just watch five yeah that kind of thing and a lot of things are it's very simple but and people overlook it
0: i think body bodybuilders right now and bodybuilding culture revolves around podcasts a lot <laughs> like nah. guarantee calling all you people listening and watching out a lot of the people who are listening to this are walking doing steps right now or <laughs> not like a stairmaster doing cardio like that that constant like thing that they can be doing like almost like a distraction uh mm-hmm. while also taking something away from it and like you know, actually being able to continue to accomplish what they need to accomplish, like, hundred yeah. percent didn't really listen to podcasts until I started prepping in twenty nineteen.
1: For sure, man. I think I in twenty nineteen I listened to every single one of three um, DMJs podcasts. Yeah, man. Like from way back, like even I think some of the episodes get deleted, and I was going on YouTube to watch them.
0: Damn, bro. You know
1: that's how I think that's how badly I was like just caning their podcast but i learned so much on that prep yeah. um just about everything and um yeah i think a lot of my education does come from podcasts as, as much as you know anything else um
0: a lot yeah. of you know, principles that i eventually was able to apply and use on my degree because i my my degrees in strength conditioning sports nutrition hmm. a lot of that stuff actually for sure came from just me going on walks <laughs> and educating myself yeah. to move and doing that. Like, that's a huge thing. And actually, like, listening to what's going on. Even stuff like um, Fuad's podcast. Like, I started listening to that when it first started way back in, like, 2019 or whatever it was. That's
1: so good, right? I, I love that podcast.
0: That, that podcast is, like... I, I, I remember being... It was the night before like my first show i had my first few coats of tan on and i was sat in my room on my chair on a black towel uh, of course because you code in tan in your room and i was just listening to a few hours podcast i was just watching it on my computer and it was that routine because that was like the routine that i got myself into for so long that's what like me de-stressing and chilling out for that peak week was a lot of the time yeah. So,
1: I think still one of my favorites was always the size game, man. I, I watched that, um, I, I listened to that like way
0: back. Yeah, I, um, I think I caught the back end of that more so, yeah. Like, I, I was very much aware of it, listened to a few of them, um, and, and that's why I knew people like James or whatever, or, or mm-hmm. people from it was from like that kind of scene, um. So when they came on to Fuad I was like, yes, finally, this is it. Yeah, because
1: yeah, we were missing that, right? Because they were doing the size game and I think originally it was just Banji and James. Yeah. And then they brought on Luke and then later um, Jamie went on, right? Um, but that, that podcast was hilarious. It was yeah. so good. And that was even before... Uh, Luke and James were even pros. Yeah, yeah, way, way. Um, yeah. They were the OG podcast. Like, I'm telling you, they're OG, like, bodybuilding podcast. If,
0: if, if any of the people listening to this are looking for another one to fill a void or fill a gap, that's the one right there. Size 100%. Up.
1: So good. It's still all up there. Um, yeah, the OG. Like, yeah, you can't beat it.
0: Yeah. Well, well... <laughs> I think it's time we probably wrap this up. It's been like almost two hours, dude.
1: Has it really?
0: go for ages, bro. Um, <laughs> Damn, man. Let's, let's wrap it up though with, um, any, anything you want to talk about, anything you want to cover right now, do you want shout out socials, anything like that as well? Go for it.
1: Yeah. Nothing really much other than, um, if you're interested, in, like in, in any coaching or anything like that, um, obviously my Instagram is always the first uh, point of call um, link in the bio for applications and also uh, any questions or anything. Um, yeah. Feel free to always drop me a message, man. I'm always, um, I'm always on there speaking to people.
0: Good shit. Same goes for me guys. You know, you know how it is. Jermaine Sully on Instagram, Shoot me messages for coaching a questions, podcast related stuff. Um, let me know what your lineups are. What are your top fives for pro shows? because uh, we'll cover probably some of that stuff at a review on Stage Talk. Himson, um, thank you for coming on, man. No
1: problem. It's been an absolute pleasure, man.
0: Uh, I'm, I I might even ask you on again at some point soon. Um, maybe get you on with, like, a guest or another guest or something. That could be fun.
1: Cool, man. Sounds great.
0: Maybe when you're, like, not prepping and not so, like... <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Do your end of season wrap-up.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's it. Maybe that'll be the move. Once, once you've, like won the Brits or something. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, let's stop sharing screen. All right. Thank you guys for listening to and watching the Off The Script podcast uh, with myself and him soon. Uh, if you're... Um, if I'm trying to think. We'll probably get this up probably on Saturday, maybe. Something like that. Probably quick turnover. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll try and get it done quick. Depends how quick thumbnails uh, are done. We'll see. Joe will get on that. Uh, Thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch you guys next time.
1: Peace.